up close with Carlos Sang, celebrating art, entertainment and the human spirit. Uh, welcome to another episode of Up Close with Carlos Sang. Today's guest is an actor who is currently playing the actor in The Woman in Black. He previously played a role in the West End and on tour, and now he has returned to the Fortune Theatre to help celebrate the show's recent 13,000th performance. Uh, it's a huge pleasure to introduce Matthew Spencer to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, so you'd obviously played the actor before in The Woman in Black. Um, what was it that made yeah. you want to come back this year in particular? Well, um, the play is it's a very special play uh, in terms of for an actor. There's only two of us in it. It's, uh, it kind of utilises all the skills and the exciting things that you learn at drama school. And it's, it's old school storytelling and the taking on of multiple roles and it's just a, it's a lot of fun to be and to be in the West End in this wonderful show. Uh, and the actor I'm playing with at the moment, uh, Julian Forsyth, is just fantastic. It's really great to be part of this kind of mammoth of a show that's the second longest running play in the West End. Yeah, um, obviously you've got a great history with the show. Um, in what ways has this experience this time round felt different to the times you've done it before? Uh, well, I've done so. This is the third time, as you said earlier. Third time, the so second time of the West End. The first time I did it was on tour, and each time I've been with a different actor, but the same director. So it's Robin Herford, who has directed every single uh, cast of this at the Fortune for the last thirty-three years, and all casts on tour. So you get to work with Robin, who has created the show, and he pairs two actors who he thinks will get on and work well together and have something interesting to do together mm. and but because it's him and because it's the original director there is an amount of kind of creativity and freedom in it so he kind of he casts two people who think will get on and then sees what kind of version that that is of the play and i've seen the play a couple of times since first doing it with different casts and it's surprising how different the same words the same set same costumes same everything within the play can feel with two different actors and so the three times I've done it has felt very, very different um, in a really good way, you know, um, finding new and different things each time. So it doesn't feel like you're just kind of churning out the same thing. Robin encourages you to stay alive on stage and be open to what's happening with, with each audience each night and also with your fellow actor. And so that means that each night it's ever so slightly different. The reactions are different. The audience might find things more funny or more scary or... Um, yeah, it really changes every night and that's, it keeps it alive and fresh and interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, having done the show for a third time around now, did you always have a view to come back to the show each time you've left? Uh, no, after the first tour, we got to play at the Fortune here for two weeks at the beginning of that run. And then we went on tour for, for 34 weeks or something like that. And it was, uh, it was brilliant. This play, this theatre that is the home of the play, it is really the perfect theatre to have it in. It's just about, about the right size. It's, it's quite intimate. Um, it lends itself very well to the telling of this creepy kind of atmospheric story. And so after having done that first two weeks on the first tour, I did kind of get an itching to be able to come and actually do a run here. But there is very much with the director, with Robin, and the way that he kind of um, puts the play together, there is a kind of... Um, you know, you feel like you're joining a group. Robin always leaves that door open, possibly for, for the future. And 
each time I've just been very excited to get that phone call again and see if I'm available. Um, the show, of course, recently celebrated 13,000 performances uh, in the West End. Yeah. Um, how was it getting to celebrate such a, an amazing milestone? Well, they've, they've done a, a big offer on tickets. It's available for, for people who maybe not, might not uh, not be able to get to the theatre. They, they opened up a whole several hundred tickets at £13. So we have been very lucky this week. We have great audiences, very big audiences. And those tickets, I think, have either gone or almost gone and the way get get the audiences in get a bigger audience and um celebrate it that way yeah and uh, you mentioned julian forsyth as well earlier you know both yourself yeah. and him you know you've both had your own histories with the show as well um mm. you know what is it like you know um trying to figure out that dynamic between you two you know having had you know the, your own previous experiences of working on the show but with different actors yeah it's, it's a funny thing because yeah we, we've both worked with two separate actors um, previously, so that first kind of couple of days in rehearsal was funny. Well, J- Julian hasn't done it before we started. He had, he had a gap of about seven years, so it's a while since he'd last done it, and I had a gap of uh, two and a half years since I'd last done it. So there is also that it's not so fresh that you can slip straight back into it. So there's an element of what are we doing here? Where are we? What's going on? And so because there's that uncertainty, you're then learning how we're going to tell it in the same way at the same time as we're learning trying to remember what it was that we did before and having that little gap it's nice because it, it means that you're not kind of set in your ways that that new way of telling the story it happens quite naturally and as i said julian is just a lovely wonderful man and so he we were both were very open to whatever the other person was suggesting and it's kind it, it is quite a strange like dynamic though because when you've shared a stage with somebody for it, it's almost like you're starting out a new relationship and you've, you know, you finished with your ex and then you're kind of trying to figure out, oh, no, that's not what happened in that last relationship. And it's a, it's a, it's a kind of strange dance of remembering what, what works and remembering what doesn't and going, oh, that's completely new, different before. And, and then finally, after a while, and we only had eight days to rehearse this version of ours. So we had to kind of fast forward. <laughs> and get it done quite quickly but quite quickly fall into that groove of how you're going to tell it together and um as i say that kind of continues to evolve as well as we we're we're about two and a half months into our run and that will continue to evolve for the rest for the next six months i think yeah amazing um yeah i know earlier in the year as well you reunited with robert ike for animal farmer i know you previously worked together on 1984 and on romeo and juliet as well um what was that whole experience like as well uh, Animal Farmers was a really, really interesting and uh, exciting experience to be part of, actually, because we I was part of, I, I can't remember how many, maybe 10 of us who were recording all of the voices. So the show was made up of puppeteers and actors, um, but the audio, the voices were pre-recorded. So we got together to record that rather than just sitting in a studio and kind of sitting by a mic. Uh, Rob wanted us to be on our feet, so it had that feeling of movement and physicality and distance so that it was more authentic. So that was very exciting to be part of a really amazing group of actors that was um, with Juliet Steenson and so many to, to name. But it was wonderful, yeah. And so we had two days on that just recording, and then we had a gap of two weeks whilst they were recorded that used that recording in rehearsals and then we came back to re-record it with notes from rob and ideas they had and bits of script changes so it was kind of three or four days we were on that in the end and it was yeah it was um it was great fun 
Yeah, um, I mean, you've also gotten to work uh, a lot in the West End, but also at some of our most prestigious venues, you know, from the National to the Almeida to the Watermill. Um, how different would you say audiences are in different venues? Yeah, it, you do definitely get a different feel and a different audience wherever you go. When we took this out on tour, that's you kind of get a really immediate feeling of audiences in different venues. I think we did 34 different venues on that tour all over the UK and also in Ireland. And it was amazing, the differences. It, it, it's kind of, you can't quite put it into words, but different areas find different things very, very funny. There was one, there's one particular line in the play, in this play, that is about country people. And I, I remember that going down very differently because it's, it's, it's kind of criticising small town mentality, this particular line, and saying that maybe... If you're from a small town, you're not so liberal minded and you're not. And uh, in places like, well, I shouldn't name names, but in certain places, you'd have that roarous laughter at how hilarious that was. And then other places, it would be completely silent. Um, so, yeah, it's great. Well, well, that's one thing I really love about touring is taking it out and, and getting to audiences, not just London audiences, because London, London audiences are very different as well. And a national audience is very, very different to a West End audience. And so, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and really interesting being able to play lots of different places so you get different different audiences, take different things from it. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, also, you know, when you've also taken the show on tour, I find it really interesting, you know, how um, the show's been able to adapt to theatres of different sizes. Um, of course, the fortune is quite an intimate space. Um, yeah. How how do you maintain that sense of intimacy in the show, you know, in a larger venue? Yeah, it's, well, the set for this, this play, in particular play is very, very clever in that, in its simplicity. We have a skip, two chairs, and a, a costume rail, and a stool, and that's pretty much it. And and some costume changes, so different jackets and hats and things. Um, and that's pretty much it for the main bulk of the set. And so the, the designer is very clever in that whatever venue it's like a you know a room that can expand and retract depending on the size of the stage i mean i think i love playing this play in the more intimate venues but it does also work uh in the larger ones it, it the play itself is set in a theater which is really helpful because then you can just use whatever theater you're in as your set and without giving too much away about the play there are bits of the auditorium that may get used by the actors so going into the auditorium and depending on what size and what stage that is you just use what's there and you use whatever theater you're in and that makes it interesting being on tour because it's ever so slightly different each each week each venue you're in but yeah it's it's very clever because it's so simple at the, at the beginning of each week the company you'll have the meeting and having having a walk around on the set to see what the size of the set is and where everything is and how you get from one side of the stage to the other and stuff in each venue you go oh okay that's another 10 foot on to the uh to the width of the stage this week we might have to just factor that in in various moments and but it works really well. Yeah, um, the Fortune Theatre as well, of course, is you know, nestled very nicely in you know, the heart of Covent Garden. Um, I was wondering, you know, is there a favourite spot you know, in Covent Garden that you particularly like to visit as well in between shows? Uh, I do love just to go into Covent Garden and have a walk around on the cobbled streets there. It's, it is lovely. It's, it's a place just steeped in history. And what I quite like to, rather than necessarily having a, a favourite spot in particular, I like to go for an explore because there's always new things to find and new little um, 
coffee shops or little shop to explore and have a look around. What I quite like is when people that I know come to see the show and, and then maybe if I meet them in between shows or if I meet them after, they'll have a particular favourite spot to say, oh, can we go to? And I, I haven't been there before. And they're, they're tutoring me on what's around me. Yeah, there's also a lot of theatres, of course, around um, Covent Garden too. You know, a lot of big shows, you know, like Mamma Mia, like Mamma Mia Frozen, uh, the yeah. play that goes wrong, which is all nestled around. Um, have you gotten a chance to see many of these shows as well since returning to London? I haven't. Uh, in the last couple of months, obviously, because I've been doing this, but my, my family, my two kids and my other half and um, some other members of my family went to see Frozen a couple of weeks ago and absolutely adored it. I just, I've got two kids who are four and set, uh, six and they just were completely blown away. My little girl who's four, she, because it's literally next door, the, the Drury Lane Theatre is literally next door to us here they met in a play park before the show and so I finished the matinee and then I went down met them in the little play park and then I thought I'll walk them around so they can see the theatre that I'm working in because there's a couple of pictures out in the out front and you know they'll be impressed with that I showed my little girl and I was like look who's that up there and she went oh it's daddy and then she turned and saw the, the, the poster for Frozen and went absolutely berserk. So she was uh, far more excited about going to see Frozen than she was to seeing Daddy's picture up on the wall. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, The Woman in Black as well, you know, it's such a firm fixture on um, the West End. You know, it's been going on for so many years. Um, why yeah. do you think it has been able to last for so long? Well, I think, uh, I think it helps kind of practically in terms of kind of... Um, producers and cost and stuff there's only two of us in it and it's a small it's one of the smallest venues uh, if not the smallest uh in the west end it, uh, so it it has that kind of able to you know it, it it doesn't cost as much as a show that's got 30 or 40 people in it um but i think what really is great about it is its simplicity of theater storytelling and the magic of it is all you have is two actors some sound choice sound effects some very choice lighting and how are these two people going to tell this story and hopefully coax an audience into feeling the atmosphere of something that that, that should be um, scary or creepy and atmospheric and I think it's the magic of that that you know it doesn't have big show stoppers it doesn't have massive set changes it's all very simple but i think within that simplicity there is a there is a, the magic of theater and really the play is a love letter to theater it's also very clever it's such a clever cleverly written play stephen malatrat's version uh, adaptation of susan hill's novel is just so very clever um that you know you know that all the moment in black is a, is a ghost story you know it's going to be creepy there might be screams there might be jumps and yet at the very beginning, again, without giving too much away, hopefully there's humour and it's quite light and an audience are kind of lulled into this, oh, this isn't quite what I thought I was coming to see. And then slowly as the story gets told and we start to get sucked into to Eon Marsh and Crith and Gifford, we, we lure the audience into uh, thinking they're maybe safer than they are. And I think that's just, it's just a wonderful piece of storytelling and a joy to perform each night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's also not that many um, shows, you know, which are, you know, horror, you know, ghost stories um, yeah. in the West End today. Um, and not many have, you know, reached the same sort of level of success as The Woman in Black. Um, why do you think yeah. this is? 
I don't know. I've, I mean, A Ghost Story was on a few years ago, and I went to see that. And that was really great. Andy Nyman's Ghost Story. I thought that was fantastic. And and at the moment, there is 222, A Ghost Story, on. Um, and I've seen that as well. And again, that's very good. And I don't know. It is a tricky thing, though. It is a very tricky thing to do this kind of thriller slash horror in the theatre. But when it is done well, it is done really well. And I don't know, those, though both those other plays I've mentioned have had and, hope, and hopefully 222 will continue to have lots of success. I think there's something just very special about The Woman in Black that uh, hopefully it will continue to, to stay on for years and years. Yeah, I mean, you yourself have also you know, been performing for the best part of around 15 years now as well. Um, how would you describe the last 15 years? Um, well, yeah, so I went, I went to drama school. I graduated uh, 17 years now and I've been very very lucky in the work that I've been doing I've mainly worked in the theatre I love working in the theatre and as you say I've worked in some fantastic venues on some fantastic plays and I've been very fortunate with the people I've been work, been able to work with the roles I've been able to play so I have I love working in the theatre I hope I will continue to for a long time I mean the last two and a half years though has been really tough in terms of the theatre industry as a whole and the weird thing is, is that when you're on out of work, when you're out of work as an actor, you're constantly wondering when the next audition's going to come on, when, when's the next offer going to come in, what's the next thing? Hope, am I ever going to work again? You kind of have that feeling at the end of every job. And then in that first lockdown, when when the whole kind of you know world was on fire, there was a kind of bizarre thing as an actor that, for me anyway, there was a an almost a reassurance in it that we were all in the same boat together. Because, you know, we were all having to be forced to be at home and that, that brought all of its difficulties and strangeness and horribleness in, in its own way. But being an actor in that situation, I was like, oh, I, this is the first time I've kind of been out of work and actually relaxed into it because everyone is. No one's working. And it was only the, the, the bit that was quite tough was then coming out when the industry then started up again. But it started up very kind of stop, start, stop, start, spluttering. And it still feels like that a little bit. It doesn't feel like we're kind of, well, th there is a new normal that is very different from what the normal was before, I think. And mm -hmm. so it's getting used to whatever that new normal is. But yeah, I love being an actor. I get to work with great people. And more often than not, actors and creative people are wonderful and uh, generous of spirit and kind. And so it's, it's been fantastic working in the last, the last 17 years in this industry. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it's been um, a great ride. Um, looking ahead as well, you know, is there anything that you know you still want to tick off the list? You know, in terms of you know people you want to work with or you know places you want to work in, um, shows that you'd like to do. Gosh, yeah, oh loads. I think as an actor, uh, well for me anyway, I, I first of all I want to just continue doing this for as long as I can to like kind of get dragged out of the theatre. I think I'll be uh, still working. Um, yeah, there's loads of... I loved working at the National. It's a wonderful building to work at. I'd love to go and work back there. The theatres like the Almeida that I have already worked at, but I'd love to, to go and work there or at the Don Mar or the Royal Court. There's lots of lots of venues I've yet to tick off and would love to at some point. I'd love to do more screen work. I've done kind of bits and pieces throughout the whole of the last 17 years, but I'd really love to do more of that as well. Um, alongside, I've got a few things that I am kind of bubbling creatively for myself personally in terms of creating and writing stuff I'd like to do more of that yeah I feel like as long as I'm feeling creative 
then then I feel like I'm doing my job. I think that's when it when it gets stale and when you feel like you can't have an outlet for that. I think that's when you and so in whatever there's loads of directors I'd love to work with that, you know, I've yet to do. So yeah, I will try and keep ticking them off as much as possible. Yeah, amazing. Um yeah, just as a last question, um what do you hope people will take away from listening to this interview? Oh, well, I hope they uh, that inspires them maybe to come and see the show because it's always great to have new audience members. It's it's a really wonderful show, uh, especially for people who either don't go to the theatre very much or uh, haven't been to see it before. It's it's it has surprises and shocks and laughs and it's it's, it's great fun. Um, and yeah, get to the theatre, get to, get to any theatre. I think there's something really precious and magical about seeing live theatre, being in the room with actors and seeing them tell the story. Just before when we were rehearsing this, I went to see Mark Rylance in Jerusalem because I missed I missed out on it the first time round. And I mean, God, my, it's just, you can't, kind of words that can't describe it. You have to go and see him and see it. I, I hope people continue to keep filling theatres and seeing live theatre because there's something so special about that kind of collective witnessing and experiencing of something in a room together yeah absolutely completely agree uh, matthew spencer thank you so much for joining us today oh you're very welcome thanks for having me 